Are you curious on how much your business is worth? Get your free no obligation offer from Open Store at open.store. The subscription market is predicted to grow to nearly $500 billion by 2025. Recharge is a leading subscription management solution helping e-commerce merchants of all sizes launch and scale their subscription offerings. Over 15,000 merchants use subscriptions powered by Recharge to grow their business and their communities by increasing average order value, reducing churn, and providing predictable recurring revenue. Turn transactions into long-term customer relationships and experience seamless subscription commerce with Recharge. Check them out at rechargepayments.com forward slash DTC pod. What's up, DTC pod? Um, welcome to the episode today. We have the pleasure of being joined by Alex Plugaru. He is the co-founder and CTO of Gorgeous. Um, Gorgeous is one of the most popular help desks uh, for e-commerce. So Alex, uh, without any further ado, we'll kick it off. Tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and what you guys are building at Gorgeous. Thank you, Blaine, and uh, nice to meet you, Ramon, as well. And thank you for uh, for inviting me uh, to this. Uh, I was, before uh, before joining, I was, I was wondering, I was looking, listening to the podcast and trying to understand a little bit, and I was a little bit surprised that I got invited. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I do hope that uh, I'll you be made able it. To... <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, I do hope that you know, given that Gorgeous has about ten thousand serves about ten thousand merchants, uh, mostly in the e-commerce ecosystem. I do hope that I can uh, be uh, of use and helpful and kind of provide some insights more from kind of like an app developer. Uh, rather than, let's say, on the other side as, as a merchant. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, our mission is to empower all merchants to deliver exceptional customer experience. Uh, of course, like, uh, <coughs> this uh, customer experience as a whole is, is a very broad subject, right? Like, it contains the product, it's the whole journey, right? Everything is customer experience. But Gorgeous specifically helps uh, merchants on the customer service side of things. So, Anytime there's a, a shopper that buys something and they have a question about the product or even before buying, uh, this is where uh, Gorgeous is very helpful. And uh, I think uh, the best way probably to, to, to illustrate, I, I really like using kind of uh, uh, stories and analogies, and uh, I think it's, it's, it's the best way to, to do it. Like I have a friend who... Uh, She's uh, she's an illustrator and she's uh, she has a Shopify store where she uh, sells her art and prints and T-shirts and stuff like that. And uh, since since uh, she's at the beginning, um, she just started. Basically, like the way she communicates with her shoppers is through Instagram, through email, and so forth. At this point, uh, merchants don't really uh, need a specialized solution. It, like that's good enough. Like email is good enough. Like just do Instagram DMs. It's enough. Uh, but once they start scaling uh, and they add more channels or they have more volume, basically like they grow, uh, they, they have more success, that's the point where they, they start looking for a more kind of adapted solution, more serious solution, so to speak. Gorgeous, uh, especially in the e-commerce ecosystem, we, 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 we are pretty popular there and uh, you know, we, we sometimes uh, come up as a default choice and, and people, why people use us is because they, they can connect all of their channels, uh, communication channels and also get all of the customer information. So, for example, order information from Shopify in the single place and also get some visibility of what's going on. Hey, like, 
how many conversations do I have? Do I need to staff people? Do you know and so forth? What is are we satisfied with our with our service? And that's kind of a primary reason people use Gorgeous is to connect all of their apps like Instagram DMs, have a chat, email, phone, SMS. All of these channels of communication, having them in a single place is very valuable. And so uh, you might ask like, okay, good, uh, connect everything. What's next? Well, I mean, as you, if you have a lot of traffic, uh, it can be quite uh, expensive and also the quality can degrade with time. So the, the trick is like when you first start, you have this very high quality customer interaction with with your shoppers because you don't have many and you know even the founders do it and it's very personalized so the, the question is like how do you keep that how do you scale that such that it's it's not like degrading with time and so uh the the answer there is like being uh very deliberate around automating things so for example like not just kind of slapping a chatbot on, on something and it's like calling it a day, but really like kind of thinking about different paths that uh, the, the uh, shoppers take and what are the most common questions such as where is my order? This, that's the classic one that probably everyone knows about. Uh, and so like we, we build tools around that. Uh, we have a product, which is kind of the automation uh, product that we, we also uh, uh, ship as well. And um, <clears throat> merchants can use that to, to automate these common questions. And once you automate a lot, sorry, I'm talking a lot, but I just, I'm gonna finish now. Once you automate, once you're like in a, in a, in a good spot, uh, now you're thinking about, okay, good, like what's next? Well, I mean, you can drive more revenue. You can ask, you can answer more questions around kind of the product questions and stuff like that. So this is kind of the next step uh, of Gorgeous is to how can we also help merchants not only deliver exceptional customer service, but also you know, influence uh, some part of the revenue. And uh, I can talk more about this last part uh, since it's very relevant today, uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll stop here. Yeah, we'll, we'll let you get into that for sure. And, you know, I think the timing for this conversation is really great as well because, um, you know, you, Gorgeous has just surpassed, I think, all the other help desks as the most installed help desk in the Shopify ecosystem. Um, so that's obviously a big milestone uh, for Gorgeous. And the one the one topic that I kind of want to get into a little bit uh, with you as one of the co-founders and original CTO, CTOs of the business is, why don't you take us back to when you guys were first launching the business, right? What was the opportunity that you saw specifically for e-commerce? Because I know you guys launched in around 2014. It was a different e-commerce landscape back in the day. And also, um, there were a lot of help desks that were pretty uh, established in market, right? So what were kind of the signals and why don't you take us back to the earliest days of Gorgeous, uh, what the landscape was like and how you guys got started? Of course. Um, right. So it's, it's more around 2015, really, uh, that we, uh, yeah, it's like we, we first started the Chrome extension to write faster on the internet. <laughs> that was kind of the tagline, uh, which... Uh, kind of drove us to customer service in the first place. It wasn't necessarily specific, anything specific about e-commerce. It was kind of writing faster on with, in Gmail and Outlook uh, using templates. Uh, but that kind of got us uh, into a lot of discussions with tons of businesses out there, uh, uh, especially around the customer service piece of, of things. Uh, when I met with, uh, with Roman, my co-founder and CEO uh, um, in Paris, we actually started in Paris, 
uh, in France, and uh, and and then we immigrated to to. California and San Francisco, like, <laughs> you know, the, the most cliche thing uh, on the universe, you know, like all the tech companies uh, uh, come to the mecca of technology, which is San Francisco. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's the classic thing. We even worked in a garage, if you know, it's like the, the whole, the whole thing, uh, the, the, that Silicon Valley show is true. <laughs> so anyway, um, so to get back a little bit, yeah, so we started in Paris. We talked with a lot of merchants. Uh, we did our accelerator, uh, Techstars Accelerator in New York, and we, you know, we, we shadowed a lot of uh, agents. We, we looked at what they are doing and so forth. So kind of the, the initial insight that we had is that, first of all, like, uh, at the time, the, all the rage was about chatbots. If you remember, like, Facebook was just launching their messenger platform, and everyone's like, chatbots, chatbots everywhere. Uh, which some of them, of course, like still exist, but like a lot of them, obviously, like they, they didn't really succeed. And I think the, the primary reason why that's the case is because just kind of understanding the text or kind of the information, the, com- the conversation itself is not enough to really drive a lot of value. Um, uh, the reason I'm saying this is because like, what do you answer for a question such as like, where is my order? Like, what's, what's the answer for it, right? Well, depends. It depends on what's the status on UPS. It depends, uh, you know, on what's going on in the warehouse. It depends on, like, a lot of different factors. And this is where we kind of got this insight of saying, like, hey, like, it's actually not enough just to have the, the, the channel information, just the emails and the chat. And you actually need to have also the data which is around the, the order itself, for example, or kind of the back end or the back office information, so, so to speak. So that was where we got this idea about building uh, a different product, which is gorgeous of today, <clears throat> um, and focus on that uh, kind of on the majority of our, of our efforts. And was um, was the product, you know, with, with the initial MVP of that extension and everything, was the product still growing? Was there still adoption? I'm trying to get to like what pushed you guys to keep interviewing or, you know, was it traction or was it that you, you guys just wanted to build something beyond that? So so it's a funny story because, uh, well, I'm not sure if it's funny, but I think it's very illustrative because of how I work with Roman. With my co-founder and i think this if uh, there are entrepreneurs out there that have co-founders uh, listen up because this is a good <laughs> it's a good lesson uh in humility especially for me uh, and uh, well we, we started as a more generic type solution we had a couple of uh, delivery startups which were delivering food uh kind of food tech uh things so it's like or on demand uh we had um, uh, some e-commerce merchants as well but like we, it wasn't super clear which kind of industry uh, we should go into. Like we didn't really like, oh, we're just building kind of a better uh, solution, which is like more integrated compared to other solutions out there. And then that's it. Uh, and um, we had some generic kind of more techy, more low level type tools, which allowed us to navigate to kind of point the correct direction. And I remember at some point Roman came to me and says like, hey, I just, talked with like 10, 10 different people and eight of them were Shopify stores. <laughs> uh, and uh, every, some seems something is there. Like, let's, let's check it out. Let's, let's go into more detail there. And I was like, I was a bit skeptical, to be honest. Like, I was like, ah, what is this? Like, I, I'm, I'm not really sure about this. Wasn't super clear. Um, and, and, uh, and then it kind of, the evidence got 
deeper and deeper and we got more and more information and and roman's like dude like this is this is real this is like really important and i started digging a little bit more and i found that in order for us to be in the app store we had to implement a billing system with shopify and i was like no we we, we don't want to do that we already have stripe we don't want to integrate with another billing system it's too complicated blah 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 you can imagine as an engineer, I always complain. I always want to say no to everything. <laughs> so, uh, but thankfully, uh, he went back. He got the data a little bit, and he convinced me. And 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 uh, thank God he did because we, we now right now we have about ten thousand merchants, uh, uh, which you know we're we're fairly I would say fairly successful as a startup, and uh, and we're here. And uh, I'm I'm very glad that uh, I listened and like I wasn't like super set in my ways I, I still managed to to be open to to this possibility and and i'm very glad that that happened and um yeah it's, i guess this can be a lesson for 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 people out there if, if you're a co-founder if you don't agree maybe listen again a bit more uh there, there may be an opportunity out there even if you don't agree yeah or just you know showing taking the time to accumulate in accumulate and show the data could just save so much on the conversation and so much argument or back and forth i mean co-founder issues are like one of the top reasons for why most companies break up so um you know it it, it it's in uh, it happens to me. I just compile data and, you know, show it up to a conversation. It just makes a conversation flow a lot easier sometimes. I absolutely couldn't agree more. So, Alex, after you guys had got kind of gotten going a little bit, what were um, so you have this initial signal that you're like, OK, a lot of the merchants that we're talking to, they're clearly on Shopify. There's something here within this ecosystem. But from a product perspective, what were the things that really propelled you guys and made you guys stand out uh, against the existing options in market? Great question, by the way, and, and, and definitely uh, the, the key uh, to Kind of our survival, first of all, to, towards the Series A and uh, and beyond. Uh, so we we really like when we looked at Shopify and we looked at kind of what the competition was offering. It was pretty bare bones, uh, meaning that it, you would just have maybe a widget that was displaying some information, uh, you know, in a sidebar somewhere, and then you see the, the kind of the communication. Uh, um, and you remember at the beginning, I was I was saying about like the, the insight that we had is that the data needs to be integrated inside the, the, the CRM system, right? Inside the help desk. Uh, the reason for that is because like if you do that, then you can actually... Um, not not only automate certain things uh, such as like, okay, if, if the message is about a return, let's say like you have some rules, like, and if a message is about a return and... Uh, there's some like Shopify tag on it or something like that, then, you know, maybe set uh, a, a VIP uh, tag and treat that that ticket faster. So that kind of saves a lot of time in terms of routing and kind of this type of workflows. <clears throat> so that's number one. But then you also have, you can actually perform actions directly from Gorgeous instead of kind of copying the email address, going on Shopify, pasting that, kind of opening up the profile, clicking on, uh, you know, refund or kind of duplicating the order and stuff like that, that saves a lot of time, right? So that was, um, <clears throat> that whenever, that's how we convinced the Shopify merchants is that like, look, you, you don't have to like go in 15 different systems in order to kind of do your customer service, especially if you're getting like 400 tickets per day or something like that. That's just not efficient. And you're also going to make a lot of mistakes. 
And so uh, we really invested a lot to make uh, the Shopify integration specifically. And now we're also building with other platforms as well. Uh, Big commerce is coming out soon. Uh, there's Magento already. Um, so we really invest in this uh, kind of having the data inside our platform and being able to use it everywhere in our application. And um, that comes at a cost, of course, uh, because uh, if we do that with with everything, you know, we're really kind of like optimized for e-commerce specifically, I would say, th- these days. So it means that uh, we're maybe not as generic as, as everyone else in the industry, right? So we're really focused on the e-commerce. But I think what's interesting is by being focused and by going after a very specific um, ICP, you were able to get market share and grow it rapidly, right? Um, And I think kind of to your point, when you were looking at the Shopify ecosystem, there were a number of traits and a number of actions that these merchants were needing to take, like refunding, having the right customer information, and not just information about the customer like you would see in a different sort of system, a very specific type. You're dealing with orders, refunds, purchases, previous chat history, and they're asking specific type of questions. So being able to productize and build that and make it so when those merchants are taking the actions that they need to take, for example, communicating with the customer, as well as running those actions like refunds and pulling out information from a a very defined set of systems, your product's actually able to do that. And that allows you to outpace other providers who may have a more robust uh, product as a whole, but aren't targeted for a specific type of merchant. I, I agree. And I think, Blaine, you have a, also a good product for that to kind of combine all of the information together. Uh, yeah, this is, I mean, this is the beauty of, of, of this data, kind of having it meshed up with uh, various sources, um, really kind of can get you more insights. And I mean, the merchants in general, like the, the, uh, I, that's why I really, I, I also really like the industry by the way. It's like, I, I, I didn't necessarily arrived in the e-commerce industry. It was mostly kind of like I used the compass and it drove me to the e-commerce instrument, <laughs> so to speak. <clears throat> but I came to really appreciate it and enjoy it. I think the e-commerce industry specifically is very, uh, very innovative. Everyone is looking for an edge. It's very competitive as well, of course. Like everyone is competing for that uh, Facebook uh, Facebook ad and uh, and for the eyeballs of of, of consumers. Um, but th- there's also this a very big need and really an appreciation for the data uh, and what it can provide, and that makes my job very enjoyable actually. And uh, being able to kind of oh, let's do this. Let's do, I really need it. You know, like there's an eagerness from, from, uh, from, our, from our merchants and, and, uh, and, and that really motivates me as an, as an engineer and uh, as a founder, of course, to, to, to do my best. How, how did you keep that focus to, you know, now is when you guys are expanding to other e-commerce platforms. I mean, you could have said in the beginning, hey, this is taking off Shopify. We can integrate everywhere into everything, into all these other platforms. Um, how did you guys approach that from a principal perspective? Because not only are you focused on e-commerce, you're focused on being the best integration within Shopify um, and we're able to ride that wave till now. Sorry, Ramon, I'm not sure if I understood the question. Uh, the question. So you guys it. are expanding to big commerce now mm-hmm. in Magento. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you could have done that from, from the beginning. From you the could beginning, have built, yeah. Yeah, 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 yes. Correct, yeah. So, I mean, it's also the question if you're ever going to expand from e-commerce as well. Like, it's kind of the same question. Like, do you go very narrow or do you go very wide? 
if you go very narrow, you have the risk of like on a single platform, right? The single platform risk is there. But if you go very wide, then you're kind of like a solution for everything, but not really a solution for anything. It's kind of jack of all trades. Uh, and there are advantages for both, right? Like there's, uh, if, if the market is very new and there's not a lot of solutions, I would really take the, the, the wide path uh, for sure, because it's, it's kind of, it's up for grabs. If the market is already established, such as the uh, customer service space where we're at, I would, I mean, we decided to go in in more narrow uh, narrow path and focus. Really, that gives you the the the, the advantage of kind of serving um, a niche. Like when you're serving a niche, you're really focused. All you think about is merchants. You know, like it's it's, it's a little bit easier for the company as a whole as well as like. You know, we, we don't talk about kind of B2B use cases uh, that much, right? Like we don't serve any SaaS businesses, uh, although I'd, I'd love to at some point, you know, but uh, I think it really creates a focus. And especially if you're small and we're still fairly small, um, uh, it, it really, you know, allows us to, to be more efficient. And, and the merchant seems to seem to appreciate that. And yeah. Uh, um, yeah, but I mean, as we evolve, we'll probably add more and more capabilities. But for, for the time being, there's so much uh, things to do in, in the e-commerce space. Uh, even Shopify, there's a lot of things to do um, still. So, um, which, you know, it's, it's great because like, we, can, we can still keep this focus and continue on this path. So what are some of those things that you guys are focused on um, developing and not even just now moving forward, but maybe some of the products that you guys have released recently that were you were seeing market signals around that you were like, this is something that we need to build. Let's go execute on it. What are um, you know some of the products that you guys have delivered recently and that you guys are really excited about? And what were the market signals that led you to focus on those? Of course. So I'll, I'll talk a little bit about the things that we, we, we released uh, recently, but also kind of the things that are coming up a little bit. Um, so just to tease. But I think before even diving into that, um, I'd love to, to take a moment and, and talk a little bit about uh, kind of the state of what we have today in the industry and why we are even considering, you know, doing certain things. So uh, before uh, b- before joining you guys, I, I, I was listening to to Jeffrey Wu, who was talking up a little bit about the uh, the uh, who was on on your on your show, and he was talking about um, uh, Facebook. Oh, sorry, Meta, which uh, <clears throat> uh, they, they they saw uh, for the first time in their history contraction in terms of like the ad revenue, uh, which I think it's a it's a very important sign in the industry. Uh, basically, like. The, uh, the the good times uh, in in quotes uh, are kind of over, and like the cost of acquisition is up, uh, and uh, it, it's very it's it's very tough to acquire new people. Uh, you know, if if you don't have a good margin, especially if you have a, a very thin margin. Uh, not to mention the the whole thing in the industry itself, like the the cost of materials are up, inflation. Like we can go on and on. There's probably like ten podcasts just for this. Uh, but the 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 true the uh, the bottom line is that the, uh, the the merchants they they are starting to focus more on kind of retention and uh, kind of making sure that the conversion is better uh, on what they already have. <clears throat> and so uh, we went with my co-founder in LA uh, about about two months ago. Uh, we 
and we, we we did a tour. We we met with about twenty twenty merchants. It was it spent like twenty day two days, twenty merchants. It was uh, it was quite an experience. Uh, but what was very interesting is that uh, what we learned uh, during during kind of this discovery is like okay, well, you know, what are you thinking about? Like what what are the problems that you're trying to think? Basically, like we ask a lot of the same questions for everyone. We also because uh, we have about ten thousand merchants, we also have a lot of data. Uh, and we can see, for example, like the like the order value, the average order value per merchant, if the number of orders increase or decrease. Obviously, not as much as Shopify, but you know we do have a good sample, I would say. Um, so, so given all of this input, like, okay, so so what? Like, what's what's the conclusion? Well, as I mentioned, there's. Uh, the, the, uh, the the retention piece is is is, is really key and, and the conversion and so we are uh, right now at Gorgeous we are uh, thinking about ways to help merchants to drive their GMV up um, meaning like how can we make sure and there's multiple ways to do that right uh, how can we let's say you you arrive on uh, uh, on your web on some website and you want to buy something and then you're navigating in ten different pages. Uh, right now we have a beta with a few customers, which are just popping up a chat campaign and asking, Hey, like, uh, can we help you? Uh, you know, maybe you're not decided if you can answer a couple of questions and that was already bringing some good results in terms of conversion. Uh, <clears throat> so that's number one. Number two is we're thinking about, um, kind of, this is more in the support space. It's like more proactive. Uh, let's say like you have an, an issue in your warehouse and like you couldn't deliver some product instead of your merchant, instead of your customers sending you a message uh, asking what's going on, you send them proactively something. Maybe you even give them a coupon or you suggest some other product. And that can also, not only you're providing a great service and you're anticipating their needs, but you can also drive more revenue with that. Uh, so there's a couple of tips out there that we are gonna. I'm not. I'm not gonna give them all. We have. Uh, we have a very interesting. So keep. Be stay tuned. Uh, <laughs> there's gonna be some more tips coming up of how how you can increase your your GMV by ten percent or or something like that. Uh, uh, there's gonna be some teaser. Uh, I'm just giving you a teaser, but we're gonna release some some very good materials soon. Uh, I think it's it's really important right now for the merchants and. Uh, because of our mission, uh, you know, we, we are up there. Uh, we are trying to help everyone to, to kind of be successful as an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur and, um, yeah, the, the revenue piece is, is very important. I didn't answer your initial question, which was like, what we did we release and uh, how successful was that? So I, at the beginning of the year, <coughs> um, we released uh, what we call the automation add-on. So basically... We have our, our help desk offering, which is kind of a basic customer service needs where you can connect all your tools. You know, you can use statistics. You can do a bunch of different stuff. You can automate uh, some parts of, of customer service, but we also have more advanced automation features, which can, you know, increase your automation rate even more. So, for example, let's say if you have, uh, I don't know, 10 agents uh, and they are all responding to customer inquiries all the time. You know, maybe you can save like, let's say 20% of the traffic. And instead of kind of uh, uh, maybe not expanding the team even more as you grow, you have those agents work more on driving more revenue and increasing conversion, put them more on the chat. Like we saw chat is really, really key to, uh, to increase conversion and drive more revenue. 
Uh, we saw a bunch of merchants uh, uh, that uh, have been very successful in driving more uh, more there. Yeah, and I think what's really what's Alex, what's really fascinating about the space you're play, playing in and how you guys are approaching it is, like you said, if if your north star is helping merchants improve customer experiences to at the end of the day run more efficient businesses there's so many ways you can do that right and the traditional customer service perspective is like okay let's provide them with a tool so when a customer has a problem we can solve their problem but by building that infrastructure you have so many different opportunities to help merchants increase um gmv like like you mentioned one being okay let's help them uh make their purchasing decision before they've even made a purchase let's help them uh you know, so they don't have to message us in the first place and have a bad experience. Let's help notify them when things are um, going right. So they you're meeting their expectations before, uh, you know, they're like, oh, my God, this is horrible. Where's my package or something like that. And then also, of course, giving the agents all the tools. So when, um, you know, a customer reaches out and says, hey, there's a problem with my order. It doesn't take the agent a million years to figure out what's going on with this order. All the context is there. So again, they're able to provide that hyper personalized layer of um, back and forth right in the moment. And then using that framework to build out tools for merchants to, um, like you said, increase uh, their profitability over time. Absolutely, uh, Blaine. And you, it, it reminded me of, of something I was talking yesterday with someone at, at Gorgeous here. And, and the, uh, the phrase that I came up with is like, everyone sells, like the support uh, agents, they sell. Like, it, it's just like either... And this is an important realization. Like the the either you like it or not, as a merchant, your support agents are selling, uh, are selling your brand. They are selling your products. Uh, so like, uh, either you recognize that and understand that that's that's the truth, uh, and then you're like, okay, uh, seems reasonable. Seems like uh, yeah, it makes sense. But then the the question is like, okay, good, but uh, how much are they selling? Uh, how can I track it? How can I uh, and what do I need to change? Do I need to change anything? But uh, like, how can, uh, but um, there's also a very fair questions from uh, support managers as well as like, hey, I wasn't hired here to, to sell. I'm here to help, you know, kind of uh, help mer- uh, shoppers to achieve success with the product, help them kind of get 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 the, this thing going with them. And I'm, I'm not really trained on sell- selling stuff. I'm not really like doing that. That's not my, that's not my OKR. That's not my KPI. That's not my goal. And so and so forth, but the thing is, like to them, I, I say the same thing. It's like, look, uh, you know, you like it or not, the, the truth is that like they, they are selling they, because people are asking questions about the product, and if they don't like the answer, they're not going to buy, uh, you know, and and and, and so forth. So, uh, and it, it also there's some important implications when you when you realize this, right? So, like if if support agents are part-time salespeople. Because not every not every interaction on the chat is a sales interaction, right? Uh, but let's say they are part time. Um, then what does that mean? It means that well, all the sales principles apply. You know, like how do you uh, compensate salespeople? How do you, you know, are we working on commission or no? Like, uh, how do you do the tracking? How do you do the you know? There's lots of things that immediately start applying there, and I think. Uh, this is a very important realization that everyone needs to kind of accept and then um, look for tools that allow you to track that, to understand it, and then uh, kind of use that to your advantage as a brand. 
And it's still so early in all of this. I mean, just just what you talked about, sort of compensation structure for this sales, um, these sales reps that might never even hop on a call, right? Um, you know, I did over 10,000 customer support tickets myself in my previous business, and I would jump on and literally just, you know, some days I would just make a few grand and just replying to customer tickets. Um, never did a single demo um, in that business. But, you know, is this kind of the shift that you're seeing? Like, I want to dive deeper into the state of the e-commerce, um, given that the data you have and the conversations you had, because for operators right now, I don't think the picture, I mean, the picture isn't fully clear of like what this downturn of the economy, like the potential impact that it has or it could have. So are you seeing some of that are you seeing people literally saying we're we're not we're cutting our customer acquisition spend we're doubling down on things like this like were there any specific things that you were like oh this is interesting this is definitely um new so the, the thing is um what, what we see is like some of the the top merchants out there are, are already doing this even before we even suggested it like people figured it out uh, and 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 we are mostly here kind of catching up <laughs> to this fact uh, and so uh, um but it's it's very it's very interesting because it's tricky right it's not that's why the automation piece is such a as an important piece because you don't want to um you don't want to sacrifice the customer service quality by only looking at the profit uh, things because yes it could bring you some cash on the short term but if you have like a very bad csat score or nps score it can actually be very detrimental long term uh for your brand so it's a fine balance between kind of providing this really great customer service while also driving some revenue so it's it's a combination of two you can't just like oh everyone is support team hey your salespeople now, <laughs> you know, it's it's not it's not that simple. It's uh, it's it's more nuanced, and and so uh, that's why I was saying is like uh, automation is an important key key factor because the common thing that we are hearing is like, hey, like you should use chat to sell because that's the best channel that you can have in order to kind of drive sales, and it's also fairly scalable compared to uh, more traditional channels such as phone. Uh, so you could use chat, but it's like the, the immediate answer people have is, yeah, but I don't have enough agents to do that because that's a lot of traffic. There's lots of visitors. People are asking a lot of questions. <clears throat> and so what we did at Gorgeous, we we tried to kind of provide self-service functionality in the chat and beyond and kind of automate a lot of kind of common requests, such as like, where's my order, returns, cancellations, all of that, so that the agents are don't respond to kind of basic stuff and can focus more on this value creation, right, for the business. We're really, like, there's, like, to me at least, I'm not saying, uh, look, just, like, don't take this out of context, but I don't think there's a lot of value both for the agents and also for the business and also for the shopper in responding to where is my order questions. The humans shouldn't do it. Like, just don't do it. And so, like, if you remove that, then, like, humans, what are humans good at? Relationships. To create rapport, we understand that we have, we can empathize. You know, that's where like the, this hybrid of computers and automation and everything plus humans together. That's where the beauty of it all uh, comes around. I, I would say it's you know I'm painting a picture in the future. It's not really happening right now, but we are building this uh, this right now, and hopefully we will get there uh, with 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 our customers. 
And Alex, what's so important about that is I think if you look at what everything you just said from the customer's perspective, right? Like mm-hmm. imagine we're customers and we're going to a, a merchant, right? And you ask, where is my order, right? You're not asking for a conversation with an agent. You're asking, you just want to know where your order is, right? But yeah. And and there's nothing worse by the same token. There's nothing worse than when you get to uh, a merchant or a site and you have a complex sort of query and no matter what you do, they're routing you down a different FAQ path and you're never getting the answer you want, right? You might just be like, I can't even remember how many times I've been on well, with customer support. Well, let me switch you to like, another department. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> just give me an agent, just give me an agent, just give me an agent. And you're like, oh my God, this is horrible. So I think the 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 fun part about what you guys are solving is how do we let automation answer the questions in the fastest way possible so the agents can spend their time doing the highest leverage thing possible, which is answer the questions that require context, human emotion, and understanding of the situation to give the right answer, right? And then I think to your other point, what was really important about talking about how at the end of the day, like it or hate it, uh, these people are the ones they're selling for you, right? Like they're the ones talking. And what's what's so funny about that is the fact that like you said, no matter if you like it or not, these people are having a real human relationship with your customer. They're the only ones in the whole brand that are actually talking back and forth with your customer. And the more tools that you can give those people to like really empower them and, and not just say, hey, you're a, you're a customer service like rep or whatever that may mean, but no, no, you're part of our customer experience team. You not only are you know, providing a good experience, you're also helping drive sales. And that's not necessarily your job all the time, but like you can impact bottom line by having and cultivating a real human relationships with, with the merchant and with the brand. Absolutely. And I think what I would add is that what's particularly tragic, and it's not only in, uh, in e-commerce, uh, but in, in the customer service space as a whole is that Typically, the customer service department is at the bottom of all the budgets <laughs> for, you know, it's like, oh, you have the, the marketing budget, 95%, 5% for, for customer service. And, you know, I, I, I know it's, it's, it's something that has been, is the case, and I don't, I doubt that it's going to change. Um, I, I certainly hope that, uh, you know, and I actually make it as a, my personal goal to to drive uh, to to increase salaries of, of all agents uh, out there who is uh, who are using gorgeous uh, by by helping them kind of be more as salespeople or at least part-time salespeople so that they get more rewards but the reality is like today the the economics and how it works and the whole industry is that it's like okay the, it's a cost center uh let's just save as much money as possible uh let's just hire like the cheapest possible people and so forth like basically like pay as as little as possible to to drive this is kind of a necessary evil almost and it's really weird because as you said it's like the only people that are talking with your shoppers are the people in customer service and so uh it's it's really strange but uh it's, it's not all all kind of uh, dark right it's not all bad um lots of lots of brands especially in the u.s uh really understand the value uh of it and are really investing a lot in, in the customer relations uh piece so i think the industry is shifting towards more kind of creating these relationships and um and uh, and I, I i i'm only optimistic about it um so there's yeah, a I state think- of the world but are- no, I think I, I think as things continue to mature and um, 
you know, brands see the power that customer experience has, especially in a competitive market, right? Like as, as the markets are playing out, as there was massive arbitrage in Facebook ad opportunity, it all, at, at a certain time in the market, it almost really didn't matter because it was more about how well you could market. But as like you were saying, as, as uh, you know, CAC goes up, as acquiring new customers becomes more unprofitable, then, hey, you're stuck with retention. And guess what? Um, you know, most of the people who place orders are going to be interacting with a person or your brand in a, in a real way one time or another. And one, a couple uh, of exchanges that go the right way versus a couple exchanges that can go the wrong way at scale. Now, now you're talking about like viral sort of implications, right? Like if every customer that comes through your door has a bad experience versus every customer that comes through your door has a good experience, like those ripple effects play out over time and really can can um, hamper or in in the best cases really drive um, growth. Com- completely agree, and I again I would I would also add that uh, I think I, I'm not I don't want to blame um, uh, brands for not caring enough about customer service. I think they do care a lot, but I think the issue here is is not it's not that they don't care. I think the issue is that it's hard to really prove an ROI. Uh, so, and, and as we know, like everything is about ROAS, everything is about like, it's, 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 it, I wouldn't say like attribution is very easy, uh, in marketing, but it's a little bit easier compared to the attribution that you can have from customer sales. Because what happens is that let's say you have a chat and then maybe someone has a, saw an ad on Facebook and got an email from Clavio and, you know, there's a bunch of multi-touch places and then they, they, they buy something again, uh, then it, was that uh, the chat valuable? Was it the ad that they, the retargeting thing that you did? Or like, what was it? It's very difficult to really kind of um, uh, measure. Uh, <clears throat> and also uh, customer service specifically, there's a very, an, an excellent book, by the way, which I highly recommend uh, reading for everyone who's who's curious about this. <laughs> I don't know, like I'm, I'm personally very passionate about customer service. You didn't notice. I think it's like really amazing, but I doubt that there's lots of people who wake up in the morning and it's like, you know what? Uh, I'm, I feel, I feel great. I should read more about customer service. But if you are like that, if you're crazy like me, uh, then I highly recommend this book, which is uh, called Effortless Experience. I, I forget the offer, uh, unfortunately, but it's a really great book book which uh, which is data driven which has a lot of uh, beautiful insights uh, about what makes customer support good and uh in what you want like it's kind of like the first question that uh needs to be asked is uh what's the purpose of customer service and a lot of uh, uh people that just like they respond well like we want to we want to have our our, our our customers loyal like they want to increase loyalty, right? And what does increase loyalty? Does it, is it a surprise and delight, or is it kind of being very consistent? And uh, and you know, surprise and delight doesn't scale that much, unfortunately. I wish I wish I had better news, but the fact the fact of the matter is is that even if you go above and beyond uh, for a specific customer, it doesn't necessarily drive into more sales. Uh, but what decreases sales uh, is actually if you provide ba- consistently bad customer service. So you reply slow, you you don't you don't have a good SLA. You you know you have very bad uh, CSAT scores, customer satisfaction scores, and NPS and so forth. So basically, like 
customer service needs to be like it's it's like a you know it's a service it's a baseline you you don't want to go be below it you know it helps if you go a little bit above it it's probably going to make a little bit of difference but it's it from the book at least like for conclusion in the book is that it's probably not going to drive a lot right and so the uh and, and you know i was a little bit depressed when i when i read that book i was like oh but i mean like no matter how good we are we're not going to drive more revenue and so forth it's like is this really the, the state of the world is this really the humanity uh and uh, and I, I think it's not that grim again i think it's uh <clears throat> i think uh it's the, the 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 book is more around customer service meaning that the problem already occurred right there is also an opportunity to 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 interact with customers before the problem even occurs. So I think that's kind of the next step. I wish at some point maybe there was a second iteration of that book, which so talked Al- more about. So Alex, I think uh, I'm, I'm looking it up. It looks like maybe the author is Matthew Dixon. Does that does that sound right? Um, I, I, I believe it's uh, it's him. Yeah. So so uh, actually, one thing that maybe that book argues that I might disagree with that maybe your tool can solve for. So I think that does. That typically would make sense if all customers are created equal, but there are times in which not all customers are created equal. And if you can provide a the right experience to the right customer, even when you're at scale. So I'll give you an example. Um, one of the guests that we just had on recently was Nish from Array. And he he's a founder, but he was like very into keeping on top of like all the tickets that are coming through, all the orders that are coming through. And like an order pops up from Haley Bieber. And because he was like glued down to it, he provided like really good service. And the next thing you know, she's like posting about their brand and their brand like took off. Right. Um, so while while I well, I, I see what like the point is and maybe this is at scale, scale, scale. Maybe the, the results aren't um, as big, especially for earlier stage brands. I think the giving them the tools and kind of like what you do to understand who's the customer we're talking to. Um, you know, how many orders have they placed? Are they VIP and being able to meet them with the right amount of treatment? I mean, I even know. Myself, back when the first company I started, when I was running Seated, I was running customer support. And all of a sudden, this guy would keep hitting us up. And he was like booking reservations with us. And it was like the guy that like founded Mozilla. And I was like, oh, this guy's like booking with us. Like, and, and again, it was because you're providing that um, that like high level of service and attention. And then again, um, you know, one of the right interaction place at the right time, especially in today's day and age where people have like infinite reach, um, can, can really be impactful. Again, data is key here, right? Like prioritization. Like if if VIP, then you know maybe a little bit different. If it, if this person has a thousand dollars in their cart, you know maybe they, they you know they, they, there's a couple of things that merchants can do uh, to uh, with gorgeous and other tools, of course. Uh, like they, 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 there's things out there, but uh, yeah, I mean prioritization is really key, especially if you have lots of visitors. And again, like this is another. Uh, number of pieces like yeah but everyone everyone and their and their dog is is talking with me on the chat what what could i do well like you can prioritize unfortunately we don't really have really good tools right now for for gorgeous uh, around this uh, but um we do i mean we show the information but we don't really have a good prioritization uh piece uh but as you can already tell like we are actively working on it right now. Well, that's the fun part. There's there's so much to build around um, this entire space. And I think the approach that you guys have taken, um, the roadmap in terms of like how you thought about building the product initially, what by by tuning into a niche 
merchant, how you're able to grow with them, productize all their pain points and continue to scale that out. And now expand not only into all these other offshoots of the customer experience, but as well as eventually one day, um, once you satisfy and check all those boxes, you can even continue to grow outside of the types of merchants that you serve. Um, so I guess uh, as we as we come up on time here, um, you know, just wanted to ask where where can our listeners connect with um, you know, the Gorgeous team, you in particular, you on Twitter, LinkedIn, where can they connect with Gorgeous if they have any specific questions? Where can existing merchants, if they have questions about the conversation, reach you guys? Of course. So, yeah, I mean, just go on gorgeous.com. Uh, you can create an account for free. Uh, you know, we have a free trial. You can connect your Shopify store. You can, you, we provide demos. Uh, our sales team is really great. Uh, they, 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 they can show you uh, how to use the, the product really. And we also can onboard you. Um, so yeah, it's, it's like, just kind of try it for free, check it out. Uh, so it's gorgeous.com. So G or G I S, uh, <laughs> com. And, uh, and me personally, like I hang out on Twitter. That's, that's true. How did you know? Uh, <laughs> so my handle is human from earth, uh, all connected. Um, and, uh, yeah, you, you can, you can, uh, ping me there. Uh, happy to, uh, to talk about, uh, about CX, uh, about e-commerce, um, automation, ML, AI, <laughs> all of that. Um, happy to discuss uh, this, this type of things. Cool. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Alex. Of course. Thank you, Alex. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. It was a pleasure. <laughs>